Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hi. Hello. Welcome back to Old Millennials, a deep dive on shallow topics of the 90s and 2000s. I'm one of your hosts, Emily Beijing. And I am your other host, Margot Poupard. Hey, Em, before we get started, can I make like a super little quick program announcement that's more Please. personal versus the podcast? Please um, do. I am getting my furnace replaced today because it's been dead and gone for a month now. So if you hear weird grinding sounds or something in the background, please know it's me and that I'm sorry. <laughs> but I just want to put that out there. It's, I, like a, it's a Friday. The bunch of things are happening at once. There's oh, landscapers. Yeah. There's stuff happening in my house. So I just if you hear like a grinding sound, please know I'm OK and not getting murdered. And neither is Emily. We're all no. safe and sound. You you might hear clogs, what sounds like a bunch of, you know, um, Amish people clogging upstairs. And that's just my parents walking. So it could, look, it's St. Patrick's Day when we're recording, Emily. They yeah, could just right. be getting their Irish, Irish jam together. Yeah. You know, they're just prepping. We got it. We're in the party spirit. It's your mom's birthday. Let's get <laughs> some Irish folk dancing going. Let's, let's put all, let's dye all the water in your parents' home green, you know, <laughs> create our own little Chicago river. And then we'll call the Dave Matthews Band to then empty their gray water into the water supply. It's a whole we'll, trifecta. We'll really find out what brown and green make. Really. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but enough about sewage. Uh, mm-hmm. Today's topic really, I think, encapsulates why we're sluts for documentaries. I mean, there's that no... Is- so true, because the first thing I wrote when I was re-watching these episodes was, true life ran so that 30 for 30 could win Emmys. Like, there is no other way. But also, this was like my first exposure beyond real world of like, oh, this is how other people live their lives. Yes. I mean, this is really the gateway 
of documentary films for all most people. This is the weed of documentary shows. I mean, look, by the time I was 13, I think apart from like maybe a couple of nature documentaries I watched in school and then maybe bowling for Columbine, you know, because oh my parents yeah. made me watch it. Like we- <laughs> you're like, this- oh, the, the lockdown drills aren't traumatizing enough. Please take me to a documentary where I watch people who look like me get murdered. <laughs> Oh, and also this trend will continue until adulthood? Fantastic. Let me just check my uh, latest news for the latest school shooting. But, oh, God, I I know. we all are on spring break. Uh, Seriously. But before we all became these sluts for documentaries, uh, there was (laughs) a gate. Like, we need to make merch for that. Sorry. Slutterdox is. Slutterdox. We need to start that ASAP. Sorry. I'm just excited about what we're talking about today. Me too. I do think there's like a t-shirt possibility where it's like what I would do for an XYZ documentary and it's like whatever we want. And it would be the picture of the guy who was willing to suck dick at the fire Fest for, for the water bottles. Like it's that. It's just a Fiji water bottle. You're like, you know what that means. You, you get it. <laughs> if you know, you know. Yeah. Or it's or it's Jaw Rule in that fucking board <laughs> meeting being like, what are they going to do? Sue us? Cut to like a title card. It's like he got sued hard. Uh, so there was a gateway drug that got us here Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it was on mtv and it was so sweet so raw so perfectly packed into an hour of television that we couldn't help but be transfixed today we talk about the life and times of true life cue that weird heartbeat theme oh as soon as those credits came on i was like (laughs) I am sitting cross-legged in my room in front of the TV watching I know. fucking calf implants. I am transported. It is amazing what just 10 seconds. It's not even a real theme song. It's just 10 seconds, but it just – it takes you there. It takes you of, there. Definitely. And it's one of those things where it's like, oh, like when I was <laughs> when I was in film school, I had a friend that was like, oh, I want to be like a title sequence editor. Like I want to make fun title sequences. Oh. I'm like, like what? He's like, oh, like true life. And I was like, what? <laughs> First of all, like, yes. But also that would not be, I mean, he said like a couple other examples, like Avatar. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But he also name checked true life because it is iconic. It's, it's so just iconic. HBO, like a uh, white noise sound and, and the, uh, it's uh, very similar. It's very similar. Once upon a time, MTV was actually known as a place for breakthrough reality television. <laughs> Starting with the real world, MTV tried to introduce the world to people who live different lives and documented them with little to no editing, which is like such a novel concept. Uh, MTV decided to capture people's lives in this whole new way when True Life premiered on March March 31st, 1998, which is coincidentally almost 25 years to the day this episode will air. Wild. That is truly wild. We did not plan to do two no. back to back 25th anniversary episodes. No. I mean, it just worked out that way. So you can call us geniuses. We will not correct you. We just <laughs> that is that is your title. You are the oracle that's like, I see Olivia Wilde and Jason Sudeikis bringing up. <laughs> to be fair, I did not wish that one. It just no, happened. It just but came maybe. to you. That's so Raven style. Like we went inside yeah. your eyeball and you're like, I got it. But I, I cannot believe that we're doing two 25 year anniversary shows because they both hold up exceptionally well. Titanic they and do. True Life. They really do. During this time, though, because True Life was on for a very long time. Yeah. 
True Life managed to cover like every sort of topic under the sun from the day in the life of a model or pro wrestler to what it felt like to be addicted to a certain drug or have a condition like Tourette's or a disability. Sometimes these topics would serve as inspiration for future MTV shows such as I Have a Summer Share or I'm a Jersey Shore Girl, which would later serve as the inspiration for Jersey Shore. And I was telling you before we started recording, because I, you know, one of the things that we found throughout this research was like, we couldn't find a think piece, dry, a desert of- An of, absolute crying shame that we do not really? have a true life. Like, where's the documentary about the people who made true life? Like, I want that. I want that too. And it, what I did find out in the little research I could get in and figure out a few things is that the original eight or so episodes that premiered within that first season were brought were done actually by a separate production company. And it's actually the first time MTV had ever brought in another production company hmm. um, independent to do something like that. And they've oh go ahead. But, oh, but with the but what about real world? That was um oh, Bonham and Murray, Murray, right? Bonham Murray, yeah. So so I think they're this is what left right productions claims on their website. So oh, I don't I know. See. They, it's more they said that, so it could be that they they calculated that a different way. I don't know. So I, let's just call them the second or third production. Yeah, <laughs> they're a lovely first alternate. First alternate. <laughs> they're very. These first episodes though are so much more newsworthy. Uh, with the pilot focusing on the rise of heroin addiction in the first season through the lens of people who are addicted in Plano, Texas. You have an episode on Matthew Shepard's death, Freaknik being HIV positive, and later being a porn star. It was created by Left Right Productions, specifically Banks Tarver was one of the producers on it. Oh yeah. And for the and MT and what with this whole like production company would go on to do, they're like the go-to production for TV docu-series to this day. So they've done the New York Times Present series in particular, the Free Britney episode, where they're showing the people outside, uh, This American Life, their TV show on oh. Showtime, several episodes of Frontline on PBS, and Glitch, the rise and fall of HQ trivia. Oh, uh, wait, did you end up watching? that i did it's pretty good we'll talk about it um later or on our uh bonus episode that you can catch with our soon to be relaunched patreon or subscription platform ding 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 i'm as i texted you last night we need to do a bonus patreon episode for the paris hilton memoir because the preview pages that i've read are good uh, like she I, the jessica simpson book was good but the paris hilton book seems great because Paris Hilton is someone who did this, who is smart enough to have played dumb to make money. And that to me tells me she's going to write a great book. And I can't wait for this follow up album that she's apparently working on right now. Again, it's all 25th anniversaries, Paris Hilton's. It's new all album. happening. It is 2003 again, baby. We are thriving. <laughs> We're going to graduate high school in a few years. We're doing great. Goo goo gaga. Great. But so, I think more than that, she did more than like develop a persona. Like, I mean, her oh, yes. and her relationship with her mother is endlessly fascinating. But um, so, yes. Left Right Media did, though, what Bravo now is it's commonplace for Bravo. And, you know, all things come back to Bravo for me personally. But every House Size franchise is produced by a a different production company which is why they all have like a separate look and feel but one thing about true life i mean i did watch like um a, a twin like some an episode from like the 2010s which i was so surprised it was going until like 2018 i had no yeah. idea it was still going because if you turn on mtv all it is is constant repeats of ridiculousness so i had no yes. clue they were making new content that was even remotely interesting but yes. that explains like some of the editing in some of the early seasons is so good. Yes, because it, it was so actually impressive. 
done by a documentary yeah, company. That makes tons of sense. It wasn't like an in-house MTV news thing because it was their and MTV you, docs arm, not news. It, it was their docs arm, word up, word up, doc. Like it was mm-hmm. so – and you had the – even the VJs that hosted early on were – or who did like the voiceovers up top – were kind of the ones associated with news. So you had Serena Altschul did a lot mm-hmm. of the early ones, along with Sushin Pak, John Norris, and Gideon Diego, who were all swoon. big. Yep, swoon. I mean, he is forever our crush. Um, forever. But all of these ever. people were heavy in the MTV news world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I then mean, Sushin Pak has, I mean, she's been doing news hosting, news corresponding for so long too. But one yes. of the first episodes that I rewatched she her voice is so identifiable I was like that's Sujin Pak right now yeah <laughs> I mean it's, stuff. she it's interesting because I could probably recognize any of those four voices and mm-hmm. Serena Altschul d- does work for 60 minutes as a correspondent occasionally oh, right, yeah so when I've been you know at my parents house because they love watching 60 minutes every Sunday sometimes Serena Altschul has done a few stories for 60 minutes which is kind of cool well, and to bring it again back to Bravo, Serena Altschul is related to Pat Altschul of uh, Southern Charm, Oh, the captain lady who lives in that giant mansion. <laughs> it's amazing. And I kind of – we'll get into this later. It's the connections to reality television that this show even has. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> after True Life finished its original run in 2017, kind of like how Babysitter's Club had super specials. Mm-hmm. Um, you had kind of these revivals, super specials, if you will. Um, you had a four-episode revival it called True Life Now that aired in 2019. And later, you had a crime investigation iteration yes. that was called True Life Crime, and that premiered in 2020. And then you had a TV special titled True Life Presents, First Time Responders, that premiered in June 9th, on June 9th of 2020. And then you had quarantine because everything was pandemic. We had to make pandemic TV for everything. I know. We had a four-part docuseries in August of 2020 called True Life Presents Quarantine Stories. No, thank you. I mean, I'm not reliving it. I would have watched it perhaps at the time, but again, didn't know that they were producing new episodes. But True Life colon crime kind of made it difficult to search for true life stuff because it kept coming up. It's like, oh, do you mean the crime stuff? I'm like, no, please. I just want to watch. I don't know how many times I'm going to say this. I just want to watch this man get calf implants. It's a core memory for me. I know that's weird, but it is what it is. Mate, you know, there's just the market is saturated with true true crime shows. We don't need MTV True Life to take a true crime angle other than if it is I'm in prison or something like that. Like, I understand that. Yeah. Like, oh, you know, for-profit prisons are a piece of shit. Like, let's get a true life about that. Like, I don't – we have My Favorite Murder, and I do blame them for true life colon crime at this point. Thank you, Georgia and Karen. I will. (sighs) I know. (laughs) So I think the best way to dive into this discussion is to talk about the beginnings, go into some of the subcategories of true life, because it's hard to bucket them, but we attempted to, um, but we're just kind of discuss these because, again, there really wasn't much out there for us (laughs) to do uh, research on from a think piece perspective. So we we did our best to rewatch what we could, but unfortunately, uh, Kath Implants Guy is somewhere in a Paramount plus MTV Viacom uh, 
safe. I don't know. I mean, it's just devastating. It is really interesting because the reason or inspiration or thought process that we had behind even adding this episode to our list for this year or this season uh, was because Hulu had uploaded a bunch of true life. And I foolishly had mistaken that like, oh, uh, great. Like they have all of the episodes that we are familiar with. But when I get to Hulu, it is just 2015 on. And so I'm like, Mm -hmm. okay, who cares about any of this? Then I go to Paramount Plus thinking that they would have it all. I was again, incorrect. They had more complete stuff. Like I was able to watch Another one that was a core memory of mine, which is I Lead a Double Life. I was just so fascinated by people who have two lives. It seems exhausting. But they had that. But they didn't have anything else. Anything that was like season one through three or four was extremely difficult to find. And when I finally watched True Life, I'm a Pro Wrestler, which... You know, I was that I think premiered in like 1999, and that mm-hmm. was the time when, for whatever reason, in my elementary school, it was like WWE was huge. Yes, yes. I'm huge. so glad you bring this up, Margot, because that really is the beginnings of true life. It is mm-hmm. something is super trendy right now, so we're going to make a true life episode about it. So, pro wrestler, you're absolutely right. It premiered August 16th of 1999. Clearly, it was tied to the wrestling craze because everywhere you went, it was it was the wars between WWF, which is now WWE and WCW. And like wrestling was huge for a while. And then the episode that follows is called I'm a Hacker because it's 1999 and it's oh, the right. Matrix, baby, and the millennium. Like, But also, like, wasn't sneakers out around that time? Yes, like, yes. there were a couple of other hacker-based Hackers, ones. Hackers, sneakers, like, all of that. But the true life I'm a pro wrestler that I ended up watching on YouTube, thank you, YouTube, was a tape to digital transfer because it kept doing that like glitch, you know, when you were yes. when you're watching a tape when it's like warped. I was like, what's going on with the TV? I was like, oh, it's not my TV. <laughs> it was <laughs> taped in the way that it's like I can just tell where this person like stopped or the commercials and then they like, oh shit, I gotta like hit record again. <laughs> but the coolest thing about MTV's true life is the people that they choose are very interesting. Yes. Um, Because with the pro wrestler one, they show you the different sides of like one theme. So it's like you have all the pro wrestlers, then you have somebody who wants to be a wrestler, and then you have the person who's on the other side of it. And I just found that to be it's a a really basic concept, but it it does help tell the story in a lot of different ways, especially because a lot of it. A lot of true life, we have decided to put it in like different buckets, right? It's like a day in the life, like this is me. I'm a Jersey girl. I have a shore house. Then there's like some physical ones, like I'm getting plastic surgery. I want to put my body. Then there's the one like I do this job that is really physical and extremely demanding. And so it was just so fascinating to watch the different phases. And they have The Rock in there back when he was still like, an actual baby and talking like Elvis, like I the know. man could give Austin Butler a run for his money. Cause the accent, I was like, well, I forgot he talked like this. It was so funny. And it was interesting also to see, you know, Triple H and China are like the power couple of the WWE, which yes. you know, China rest in peace. Uh, she turned out to be a Burbank, you know, legend. You, it was no pretty well known that you could run into her at dimples, you know, also RIP dimples at any point during the week. And she was just like, like kind of like a sad kind of friendly, yeah. <laughs> which is upsetting. But it's to see her at like the height of her powers, like l- like lifting 
like huge amounts of weight and just being like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, like I'm the baddest bitch of the WWE. It's like it's nice to also have this little mm, like time capsule, I guess. It's but so I have true. To say, the Tony Atlas shit is so sad watching him try to put on his own match that oh this is the best oh my god this is where the editing was iconic like I know that word is so played out but like the way that this is edited I was cry laughing um so Tony Atlas is like trying to put on a wrestling match in Connecticut where he's from or Massachusetts like out like in the boonies but he has this like rival uh, wrestling promoter who doesn't like paying people and Tony's whole thing is like I'm not gonna make you come out to the country drive 10 hours leave your family and you're not gonna get paid like I would rather not get paid if I'm and and I would rather take a hit and give somebody else my paycheck if I have them come out here but the rival promoter named like James St. James or something like insane <laughs> like borderline like porn name you're just like okay that's not your real name um he doesn't like that about Tony and so yeah. they so they have a talking head of James St. James telling telling the camera like oh i just want to you know bring niceness back to the wrestling community and it's all about like being friends and like supporting and lifting up people and they intercut him saying all this bullshit with him leaving menacing voicemail after voicemail on tony atlas's (laughs) voicemail recording system he's like i'll cut you like basically i'll cut you like a fucking fish you piece of shit you think you're gonna fucking come in my town do this to me like i hope you like fucking lawsuits motherfucker like just (laughs) lighting his ass up as they keep cutting back to him and like it's his voice over i'm just being like you know i'm trying to be a nicer guy i'm trying to like work on my temper like tony's cool he just needs to learn like fuck you tony you're a piece of shit he went full charlie balducci from i'm getting married he went full i will get you like a fish yeah i mean uh, yeah r.i.p to him but i it was it was really interesting like that was just some really 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 good editing on top of like the guy matt who wants to be a wrestler and he's like, oh, I'm going to be so good. And he shows real promise. And then they cut to, like, Les, the coach, who's like, he hasn't shown up in, like, nine days. I don't know what he's doing. They cut to him in the hotel room. He's like, yeah, I just been, like, you know, I pulled three girls in one night, like, at a boy. <laughs> like, and he's like, I don't have a problem with drugs and drinking. Cut to a title card that says Matt checked into rehab the next day. I was like, this show. <laughs> but they did that. I mean, it, this, they were again, so this good show at it. So intervention could run because that is some uh, shit so intervention would have. You have stolen the template yep. from True Life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is a great segue, I think, into those episodes, though, because you talked about I'm a pro wrestler, and I think that there are several episodes where we can call it, I've called it my career, my lifestyle, my choice, and it's like these episodes where we get to see this day in the life or week or month or whatever of someone who's picked a certain career, like pro wrestling or modeling or porn. Um There were a lot in season three, like just back to back alone in season three, you had, I'm an NFL rookie. I drive race cars. I'm a cheerleader. I'm a beauty queen. And then of course we need to talk about this one because, uh, you and I were talking about it before and we both watched it. I live a double life. This episode, I mean, first off, it was so appropriate that we talked about Anna Nicole Smith last year. Thank you. Because I think this segues so nicely into this episode. But what to you in this rewatch really struck out? <laughs> Where do I even fucking start? Okay. So Mitch, who kicks off the whole episode, 22-year-old Mitch, thinks he's in a fucking Willa Ford song because this man says, I want to be bad. And I was like, you are canceled. <laughs> Straight to the moon <laughs> with you. I, okay, I think Mitch's story is the most interesting to me because 
I understand they're living in like Illinois or Indiana where, you know, even my friends that live in the big city will take back a, a ain't shit man because dating is that bleak. And so, you know, whatever. But Mitch is a 22 year old man who is dating two 18 year old girls that he's been dating for a year. So, you know, if my math is mathing, <laughs> that means you started dating them when they were 17 in high school and you're a 21 year old man and you're buying minors alcohol. Look, I'm not trying to be a fucking school mom. Like, please don't make me uncool or whatever. But there's like so much problematic shit. Yeah. So he lies to the two of them and he likes them for different reasons. He likes Aaron because she's sweet and innocent and he makes her this like disgusting fettuccine from a can in the opening scene and like pours out like barefoot yellow white wine. I'm just like, oh my God, only an 18 year old would be impressed by this shit. No. And then he's got wild side Molly who he just likes to get drunk and like go to Hot Topic with or whatever because they both he's like I'm gonna put on my edgy pants and they just like have a bunch of those like eyelet rings all over them like (laughs) I guess that's edgy for you so that's and then he and they don't know about each other and then he also runs a secret porn company which like damn I know porn or like nudie photos or whatever in the early 2000s like OnlyFans puts in so much production quality compared to this man who's got like a girl on his gross unmade bed holding a disgusting cheetah print pillow being like, take your top off. I'm like, this is, thank God the cameras are here or else I'd be scared for this lady taking her top off. Every porn related true life episode, there's one about the guys is a cry for help. I mean, there's one that, okay, so I didn't watch the full episode again, but I did see the clip, which was the funniest. This It was titled (laughs) the funniest 20 seconds of television ever. And it's just this guy who is addicted to porn in this true life episode. And he does not look like he's done this, but he's just like, well, I just came or like, I just finished. (laughs) So disturbing, but like so unexpected. It's so upsetting. It was so upsetting, but it's just, yeah, everything about it is so low rent uh, in terms of the production value. Like it's any girl, any 20 something year old on OnlyFans right now would would up this production value by 10 times and blow these people a tenth right of out the budget. Yes. Seriously. And then the <laughs> other one is Janine, who is a former dental hygienist, dental hygienist. Mm-hmm. who becomes an Anna Nicole Smith impersonator. And I remember her story too, because it's they tried to frame it like so they do this like coming up on true life where they kind of show yes. you a trailer for what you're about to watch, which I appreciate, but um, they kind of frame it in the trailer leading up to it that like, oh, she like doesn't know who she is. But that's not true. She just misses her family and finds it very difficult to keep up with somebody that's not her, which is totally yeah. valid to just be like, yes. yeah, her weight's always going up. It's going down. I got to cut my hair. I got to do this. But I did find her like at the like at some convention, like signing stuff to just sort of be like weirdly sad and I don't know about you, but I kind of forgot about celebrity impersonators. Like, yes, what a at least culture. to this, ex- yeah, at least to this extent, because like in Vegas, they're like hanging out on the strip or whatever, and or on Hollywood Boulevard, you see them, and you know that they're not yes. real. But, but it seemed like people thought that she was real, like she was really well, Anna Nicole Smith. It's funny because our Titanic episode that just aired, and then oh, this right. episode ca- talk about celebrity impersonators. Because to your point, that's not really a thing anymore, unless you're in Vegas or New York and Times Square or something like that. But like back then, that was a real gig. Like you could make money. Like people would pay someone like that guy, that Leo lookalike who worked at the mall by my house, like to show up to a teenage girl's birthday party or bar mitzvah. Like, you know, it was, that was a thing or go to a convention. That was a real thing. 
Janine was like, oh, I bought, I got my family, I bought my family a house and I bought myself a Mercedes. It was like, you did all that being an impersonator? I mean, she was also Anna Nicole Smith's body double. So there is that. But like, yeah, that was truly wild to me. But her story was not as compelling as Mitch, I have two girlfriends or the other guy whose name I forgot to write down, but he leads a straight life with his straight friends and then has like a gay life in Detroit on the weekends or whatever. What I love the most about that is I am his best friend Holly who he's like oh we've always had this like Ross Rachel like will they won't they and they cut to Holly being like I've known he was gay the second I met him and I was like oh my god I love that and so when he finally like he's like I just thought it's very sweet like you know I know it's not nice to be like oh we all know you're gay like get over it like I know that that's not the response people want but I did find it like kind of like adorably endearing in all of this darkness that this man is like oh my god I hope she still wants to be friends with me like I can't do this anymore like I just want to be fucking gay I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. And he has her over to, like, have Cinnabons and beer, which is, like, the most early 20s thing you could possibly do in your life. Yes. And he's like, well, what if I was gay? She's like, what if you were gay? And he's like, I'm I'm gay. She's like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and that was just really sweet to, like, see him get automatically accepted. But even before that, one of his gay friends was like, I don't, there's not a world in which his straight friends don't have an inkling that he's gay. Just look at him. One of the mo- more interesting things for me is, like, for a lot of suburban teenagers, this was probably the first time they were seeing gay people on TV besides like, a, you know, maybe a, a scripted show. But no, not even like apart from Will and Grace and maybe some like occasional episode of SVU, like people did not see gay people on TV. LGBTQ representation like at the time where we rewatch this and we're like, oh, my God. But at, it's really some of the first times a lot of people would have been exposed. Like that's incredible that yeah. MTV did that. With the yeah, real world, too. Starting with I was going to say, through real world as well. Yeah. That yes. was my plus one was like, yes. yes, true life and also real world was like some people's first exposures to yeah. a gay lifestyle, so to speak. So I have a question for you. Hmm. Um, so we've been talking through, you know, all of these episodes about kind of people who are living different lives, who have – it's a day in the life in this career they have or lifestyle – were there any subcultures that were introduced to you that you had never heard of as you were watching these episodes growing up that uh, come to mind? Like you very much remember, oh my God, I never knew that this existed. Okay. I know I've said it like 19 times already, but calf implants, like that really blew my mind oh, as yeah. a child. Well, child, I was like as an 11 year old or whatever, because I, you know, growing up in LA, like you're familiar with plastic surgery, like boobs and your face, like got it, like nailed yeah, it. Don't it's a need nose to know anything job, else. It's a boob job. It's a lift. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty, 
pretty standard. Pretty standard. So to hear, and also, in my mind, it was always framed as like it's a woman's problem, right? Like yes, I don't really hear about a men's men problem mm-hmm, caring about what they look like or being worried. Yes. Whatever. So to see a dude be insecure about something as what I would deem as insignificant as your calves was truly wild to me and really like opened up my mind as like the different things you can do to yourself. The other ones were I'm on Molly. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm on heroin scared the shit out of me. And I did more than any fucking dare program could ever do. And oh. also I'm a raver. Those were like the three that I was like, oh, I'm never doing any of this stuff. It looks very scary. Yes. I think for me, cap implants is seared in my mind for sure. Like it's it is just so, so different. <laughs> it's so different. It is the first time, to your point, that I remember hearing about a man getting plastic surgery. I think now people talk about it more, and there were probably procedures men were having that we just never talked sure. about. Yeah. But calf implants, I mean, it was so big that like there is a scene in Honorage, and I don't know if it was actually inspired by true life, but I would like to think it was. There's an episode where they're at a party and Johnny Drama sees someone's like a mate, some dude's calves, and he goes up to him. He's like, yo, bro, those, those aren't real, right? Where'd you get them done? That's my best honorage impression. Thank you very much. Yes. Uh, You shall be submitting that to the Emmys for consideration this year. uh, I'm a shoo-in. What can I say? Uh, So, but like for me, that to me is one of the biggest ones. I think uh, one of the other ones that like stuck to, for me also were the drug related ones. Mm -hmm. Like I'm on crystal meth or I'm on ecstasy. I mean, it's just like, because you, you know, when you're a kid, you hear about the, the, random drugs like they're supposed to be afraid of but like and then you see them in a movie or something but like to actually see someone on these drugs yes you're right did more than any dare program could have ever i mean i don't know if you ever watched the movie go but yes, I okay did. yes and yes it, and i it made molly and ecstasy seem cool and then i watched true life and i was like i don't think that's cool <laughs> yes i mean it was oh the other one that stuck with me too though is um This is kind of like not so much the subculture for this, for the person as it is the family members, but I have embarrassing parents to me is very much still an episode I think of because I was telling you before we started recording or maybe it was during like the start. So I rewatched that whole segment where the guy had, he was like this jock, this like 20 year old guy. I I'm getting that he lived with his parents and was in his 20s. So that's already like, okay, not to say that there's anything wrong with that, but like for you to criticize your parents and right. their lifestyle choices, like you don't you get much leave. to say. <laughs> you can leave, sir. Um, but uh, he is, uh, his dad is a Star Wars fan and goes to conventions and has a full Jedi outfit. And he's like, my dad's adored, like all this stuff. And at the end, this is kind of sweet. It's a little weird, but it's sweet. Like, he decides he's going to get into this a little for his dad, but he enjoys it too. But he decides he wants to go the, to the dark side. So he gets a stormtrooper outfit and his dad starts crying like tears of joy as they hug. And then Aww. the guy who outfits him at the convention, he's like, this is so wonderful. I wish I'd spent this much more time with my dad. And like you had these moments where it was genuinely Like someone would probably try to make fun of this, but to me, there was something really sweet about this, like that it wasn't overly edited. I mean, I'm sure in later seasons, they probably changed that. But early on, it really did make this effort to like capture a slice of life and did, you know, a really good job at pretty standard, good documentary filmmaking. I I totally agree. Uh, To go back to the Star Wars parent, though, it's like give that 
12 years it'll be very cool and you'll be very grateful that your dad collected all this crap because you can I know. sell it all for a ton of money he, but he that is very sweet house. what <laughs> he'll give you a down payment for that house to get you out of his house dude seriously <laughs> but to your point about like making things that maybe seem boring on the surface compelling um one that really like warmed my heart was i'm a jersey shore girl about like yeah! These girls that all get like a share house and hang out together and like some of them have boyfriends. And one thing I do want to point out is like some of the girls on this show uh, on True Life between I'm a Jersey Shore girl and I want a perfect body too because there were two installments. Of yes, it. there were. Yeah, there are some girls that I'm like, Tyra would find you at a mall and put you on America's Next Top Model because you've just got the look like I don't really know. There's like a there's like an early 2000s look that Tyra loved with like mm-hmm. specifically like white girls with like long dark hair like I don't know there's what's her name Dottie and um the science nerd that wants to be in a fitness competition oh I'm blanking on her name right now and I, I know write who it you're down. talking about yeah oh I oh god is it like Becca or something it's I yeah something like that anyway I just feel like if they weren't on true life they were going to be on America's Next Top Model because there was something about them something about her the sandwich shop um but uh, Jersey Shore Girl was so – it was actually kind of cute because they're, like, friends on a vacation. You can yeah. see the beginnings of, like, a Jersey Shore dedicated TV show. Sure, yeah. Well, yeah, I just loved being in the 2004 club with them. That was hilarious. I mean, last night Lisa and I were talking about how there was this trend for a while of, like – Remember those skirts where it was just like a ruffle, like a heavy yes. ruffle on the bottom? Yes. Like so made out much of like light sweatshirt material. Yes. yes. Why is it why is it made out of the same things that my workout pants are made out of now? Like, like yeah. what are we doing here? But I thought it's that was so kind strange. of like an interesting slice of life. Like some of them have boyfriends, some of them are like looking for boys. The the fucking cell phones, the outfits, like all of it was again, I think some of the early true life is great because they there's not a lot of like first of all the like most early reality tv nobody understands what the impact's going to be so people no. are unabashedly themselves and so i just sort of like appreciate the like fly on the wall kind of like documentary style that sometimes these like come on my like personal journey with me like had that appeal to it that i really loved and um i want a perfect body too i had forgotten about this one because there it has this is the one that has the guy who's a jockey who wants yes. to gain what seems yes. like an insignificant amount of weight, seven pounds to you and me is like whatever. But he, for him at his size, gaining seven pounds is like the equivalent of you and I gaining 21 pounds, which is yeah. wild to me. Because they're so they're the original short kings. Like it's it's yeah. But it was also fun to like see them. They all have to get weighed in or whatever, right? Because you have to stay under a certain weight because you're going to slow down your horse. There's all this like interesting science stuff to it. But the most interesting part was that he ends up getting a, well, this is not interesting. Obviously, this is sad, but he, his horse falls. And so he gets a terrible concussion. So he has to take a step back. But he, once he gets back into the gym, he gains four or five pounds and like wins like 15 races in a row because that's how much like putting on muscle makes a huge difference in your winning times. Mm -hmm. I found that to be fascinating. And I'm glad that women wanting to compete in fitness competitions just to see what their bodies can do is a long standing genre in the reality tv arts because yes. I, I, the one arm put the whole choreography of being in a fitness competition and i like, know i just thought it was it was also really interesting to watch her go 
from like, I wouldn't say uncoordinated, but like not really flexible. Like she couldn't yep. do a push up. And by the end, this bitch is like buff as fuck. And she, sorry, I, I want to back up. When she first starts doing her like weight training and she has to eat a bunch of raw eggs. <laughs> or not raw eggs, hard boiled eggs. She's just like shoving them in her mouth, like joylessly, oh. like staring out the window. I was like, oh God, I oh. could never. I could never. But I think my favorite I... was the guy who's getting ready for a strong man competition. And he lives oh, yeah. in a cul-de-sac in Arizona. And he is just like bench pressing like old water heaters in the middle of yes. this cul-de-sac. And so I would like to speak to everyone in that cul-de-sac to be like, what do you think about that weird kid always like lifting strange like? items? Yeah. What did that do to the property value? Like, He's just tossing a huge tire in the middle water, of this fucking cul-de-sac. Water heaters and tires everywhere. And the just HOA the HOA brings it up like, sir, we need you to take your weightlifting items, tires, water heaters and all, and put them in your garage. <laughs> just to also see what that man eats in a day. I'm like, oh, oh my God. He's just like, I, know. I eat like eight small meals. I really focus on meat. I'm like, oh God, what, what all is of those body like? Any of those like wrestler, want perfect body, bodybuilder, like mm-hmm. There were so many episodes of that. And I just remember the diets being the one thing that was just like, not that I ever thought I'd be a bodybuilder, but like really that was the turnoff for me. It was just bland ground turkey. That's all I could think of. Bland, and hard boiled tur- eggs. And you hard stare boiled out the window. eggs. So I have a follow-up question for you. We talked hmm. about a lot these of these plastic surgery episodes or like ones that required, you know, somewhat extreme weight loss or physical transformation. Do you think that MTV glorified uh, these types of things like getting plastic surgery or extreme weight loss, any potentially like risky operations? Do you think it led to any sort of trends? Like was true life a catalyst for that? Or do you think that MTV did a pretty good job kind of giving the documentary lens and not giving it like airtime in the sense of promoting it? I feel like it is the least glamorous portrayal, right? Like I think that Instagram now is yes. more detrimental to your mental health in terms of glorifying, except it's it's less upfront. So you have no idea that this person has like a face full of fillers or whatever. I think that True Life did a really good job of just keeping it, at least in the early seasons, right? Like we can't speak to anything like 2010 and beyond, but no, I feel like they did a really good job not glamorizing it. I think they really left a lot of, I think what really works for True Life actually is that they never talked down to its audience they never assumed that you needed to be told oh this is right oh this is wrong I think what it did that was the best thing that it could have done for millennials which is let you make up your own mind you're an adult right like so you should be or not an adult but like you're you've got your own mind you have your own opinions watch this and like what do you think like would you lead a double life do you want to get calf implants like I don't really think it led to anything significant like I think if anything it really influenced like docs made for tv or streaming more than anything else what do you kind of no i agree i think what you just brought up makes sense because it's around this time that prestige television really gets you know going and it's like sopranos time right right and so much like how scripted television really got a leg up in terms of what you could do with the medium and really became almost better than film in many ways Mm -hmm. uh i think that a docu-series on tv very much were elevated because of things like true life. And I think that the medium, the reason why so many people in our generation really 
really love that method of storytelling is because of shows like MTV True Life that did a great job at a time when that wasn't totally expected. I will also say, so we brought up, you know, the physical transformations and how it wasn't glorifying anything. It was just giving it the lens to show you kind of objectively what people were doing, what trends were arising. I would say the same way that it didn't also, um, it didn't, uh, put down people. So like, for example, there was a fat camp episode and that mm-hmm. was actually followed up with the MTV miniseries fat camp, mm-hmm. both of which I think did a really good job showing these kids, uh, just living their lives who happen to be going to a, a fat camp. I don't condone these camps. Um, there's a great maintenance phase episode about oh, yeah. them that everyone should listen to. But I think that for this, these kids who were going to go to this camp anyway, I think they did a great job at not shaming them, but really showing them like, and showing the embarrassing things. And like, even though one girl was bullied, showing the counselor that stood up for her. And like, I know that I'm talking more about the fat camp, uh, show than the actual episode, but all of they this are linked. Say, they are linked. And I think that MTV was smart to try to, um, show people that in that lens, because I don't, you know, it's, it's interesting because they show the weight loss goals and I don't always love that, but it's a part of what their life would have been at fat camp anyway. And I think mm-hmm. we, it would have had to be shown. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that to me, I think on both sides, it never condones anything, but it never condemns anything either. And I appreciate that out of true life. It was a very objective TV show that really yes. let you make up your own mind. And I, and I really appreciated it that it gave us looks into the lives of other people. And I think that it did that really, really well without judging them or without trying to sway you. I And I feel like they always found really interesting people to follow. On that note, do you think that there are any episodes that come to mind to you that would have been treated differently in 2023? Um, that any of these topics, I know, you know, you and I couldn't watch as many episodes as we wanted because of availability issues. But in remembering what we have seen in the past and what we were able to see um, up to this episode, are there any topics or anything that in mind that you think would have been featured differently, at least, um, if not not aired? I mean, featured differently. This is an episode I wanted to watch but could not find uh, called I Was Famous for 15 Minutes. I think that yes. would be completely different now. You're it absolutely would kind right. Of be a, very interesting because it would probably be more about you going viral unintentionally or your face being used for a meme or your likeness being used to promote products that you did not consent to. And mm-hmm. I feel like that would get very into like the minutia and the legalities around someone stealing your image or you yes. being famous from a meme when you were a child. Like the little girl who was like looking back at the camera while the house is on fire, very like fire starter, like she's fucking eight or whatever in this picture. Like she has no control over her image and it's just used and shared constantly. Like, what's that like? What's that like to have some, you're minding your own business. You're going to college, you're going to the grocery store and someone's like, are you the little girl from the meme? I would just be so interested to see what that's like. What about you? I, I, yeah. Well, so I think there's two things. One, 15 minutes of fame is not really a thing anymore because yeah. there's always some level of of being infamous that comes as a result of that, of being recognized after Well, the it internet is forever. It's so forever. Does it matter? Like your 15 minutes is extended till the end of time. Even if people don't know your name or don't come up to you, they can still find a screenshot. They can still find a tweet. They can still find a post, something, oh, right? Oh, totally. 
I think the other thing is that with 2023, there's so many of these topics that you have to remember the contextualization of all of this. Like these all aired in early 2000s, mid 2000s or late 90s. So, so many of these topics are really like run of the mill now. Like Mm -hmm. I think most of the ones around being LGBTQ are general, like I'm coming out. It's like, yes, this happens still, of course. And everyone's coming out story is very different. I will nuance, you know, there are nuances. But I think that this wouldn't be this radical thing anymore. Same with one that's called I'm Gay and Getting Married. Um, I think in general, those episodes would, had True Life started airing today, be very different. I, they just wouldn't be the topic. I oh, think I think it might still be a topic, right? Because I, wouldn't MTV, I think, they, you know, they're trying to change the minds of people that aren't also exposed to this kind of stuff. That's and true. also kids, no matter what liberal city they live in, maybe haven't been exposed to same-sex couples getting married. I you think that- bring- the flip side, sorry, I think the flip side to this, if you wanted to modernize the LGBTQ plus stories, it would be like, I'm transgender and I'm getting top surgery or I'm getting gender. Yeah. But, like, but I think those are the things that would, I, I would hope that they would change people's minds or make them more sensitive to what trans people are going through and to not make their lives harder. I say this because on 90 Day Fiance, every once in a while, they'll have one person that has like a very deeply interesting story. And on this season, Gabe is moving to Columbia to be with his soon to be wife and Gabe is trans. And I got a front row seat as to like what gender affirming surgery was for him and what that was like yeah. and the amount of pain. And like, you got to go back and you got to go back. And you have to always explain yourself. And maybe it was embarrassing for him to talk about it on national TV where his mom and grandmother can hear everything. But I thought that if somebody who isn't around trans people or around a lot of like gender fluid, non-binary people would maybe get a lot out of something like that if it was framed in like a true life way. I think you make a very valid point that it's, it would almost be like the part two to, it's not, it's no longer just accepting this person, um, but accepting this person and the choice, the, the follow-up things that they're going to do, not that they've come out as this per this new identity and this new person. I think the other thing is the the framing of it all. So before it was, ju- it might have just been "I'm coming out" is the true life, but now it could be "I'm coming out" and it's in a more conservative community. To your point, mm-hmm. because while this is you know a fairly normal thing to happen in a metropolitan area in a place, you know, it is still a very new thing for many communities. And I think you're right; well, it could be confounding television. Yeah, I mean, well, look at all of the anti-trans, anti-drag queen yes, bills that are being absolutely. passed, like that are. Absolutely. Absolutely. nonsense that if we if you guys could just be empathetic for like three seconds if you had some sort of exposure to it maybe you wouldn't be a complete piece of shit right winger like I would love to see a true life like I'm a drag queen in Tennessee like I'd be very interested to see that I don't want someone to put themselves in danger but I, I that would be something that would be a really good true life to kind of show people that there is your fear is unfounded and what you're doing is ridiculous and it's not affecting children it's affecting actual human adult people yeah no i i completely agree i think you've helped me kind of uh get a good segue into kind of the the conclusion of this all or a way where we can i think kind of start talking about wrapping up true life we obviously mm-hmm. couldn't cover all of true life because there were over 400 episodes <laughs> And let's be honest, as we said earlier, we stopped watching at one point in the late 2000s because we just kind of stopped watching most of MTV apart from The Hills and uh, the subsequent reunion uh, reboots that uh, were 
somewhat disappointing. Um, oh, so Drag Race is now on MTV. So I, yes, you're I right. You're right. You're right. Come back around a little bit. <laughs> you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. I forget the Viacom universe. I, I mm-hmm. watch it on Paramount Plus that I forget, you know. Um, but do you have a moment in mind of when True Life jumped the shark in your in your in your head, or do you think it kind of just you know was one of those things where it's not so much a jump the shark, but we just got older? Honestly, I think the True Life colon crime is jumping the shark a little bit. Yeah, I, I don't think I we would need agree. it. Like it's a little yeah. bit much. Like what are you bringing that other shows can't bring? Like what are you doing that's different than like? catfish right like right I just kind of feel like that's a little bit forced you did not need to go there there are so many other compelling stories that you can tell that don't end with a dead girl like I don't think we need it what do you think no I completely agree I think that it's the again the true crime media world is so saturated and Mm -hmm. like at this point having MTV jump on the bandwagon with uh, their own version a la true lifestyle just feels unnecessary um but it was an important, sh- not the true life crime, but true life in general was a really important show when it aired. What do you think is the legacy? I mean, we've talked about it already a bit, but I'd love to hear if you have any additional points. I don't know. I think that in order for its legacy to actually be examined, they have to put it all out there for us to be able to watch because how yeah. else will we be able to, how else will we be able to take it in as it's as a whole if we don't have the whole complete thing i think yes. its legacy though is the impact that it's made on the documentary like direct to streaming direct to tv world i think that the production company that now does like uh new york times presents and a couple of other like very high, like prestige level docu-series i mean that's the that's the legacy right like they started right. this sort of um high brow journalism but for everyday people without making without talking down to you without making you feel like an idiot for not being concerned about these issues like just sort of letting a story unfold and so i think that's where its legacy is kind of wrapped up i think you're right um i think this is a great point to kind of wrap up but before we do are there any episodes you need to shout out before we end our episode I will gut you like a fucking fish is like one of the best, most iconic true life lines. Like to to be so enraged on your wedding day that you threaten a limo driver that you will gut them is incredible. Also, I'm sure you know Danielle from I'm a Staten Girl. I'm a Staten Island girl who's now on New Jersey. Who um, tried to get very, um, whatchamacallit, uh, what is that movie? Like elocution. Yes, um, Fair Lady. Where she tries to. Oh, totally. She my Fair Lady's herself. It was so funny. And like, I know. The girl was a star then. She's a fucking star now. She's going to be Teresa 2.0. Like, good for her. I'm so happy. Good for her. I mean, that's, and that was, I think, the biggest thing that we should end on, which is the legacy of the show is that people became bigger reality stars as a result of True Life. I think it only made them, they were going to be on that show anyway, but like True Life the connection only made it better. Uh, but yes, yeah, Staten Island uh, wedding will forever be seared in my mind. R.I.P. Charlie Balducci. Yes. Uh, we oh, and his all white tux, Emily. And all white tux. And like, I the, unfortunately, I tried to find the episode. All I could find was the clip of the rant. And it was from an MTV or VH1 recap show. So you have all these like <laughs> Pop culture commentators. You're Paul Shear. You're Paul yeah, Shear being Paul like, this was I wish, I wish it was Paul Shear. I mean, best, you know. The, best week we ever. Love the podcast, week ever. The and, podcast the and the TV show. And the TV show. Shout out to Van. Excellent. 
on that note, I think we have done an excellent job covering true life and to which we say thank you so much for joining us once again for an episode of Old Millennials. Keep listening to our little podcast. Subscribe. You can listen to it on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. I called it iTunes because, you know, I'm still stuck in 2006. Uh, Spotify or wherever you like to listen to podcasts. Keep an eye out for our revamped Patreon and subscription model. Uh, We will be in touch. We're working on it as we speak. We cannot wait to share all sorts of fun bonus content where we do things like read Paris Hilton's book and talk about it. So if you're down to do that with us, like, come on by. We'll, We'll let you know when we're launching. Uh, We always appreciate a five-star review. So if you would like to leave us that, that would be fantastic. Um, Additionally, if you want to follow us on uh, social media, we're on Instagram and Facebook at The Old Millennials Pod. And individually on Twitter, you can find us both. I'm at Emily A. Beijing. And I'm at Marg She Wrote. And until next time, we say bye-bye. Bye. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.